Speaking Human. Today on Speaking Human, we use the force to force our bodies to sit through an endless array of new marketing efforts incorporating a Star Wars theme while pondering the epic question, is it ever a good idea to jump on the marketing bandwagon? Speaking Human. Welcome to Speaking Human, the official podcast of Monsters Unlimited, a creative agency with a business brain. I'm Shad Conley, Communications Director at Monsters Unlimited, and I'm proud to announce that I am now available in a special The Force Awakens Limited Edition. Oh, I'm going to buy you. Yeah, you got to get that. <laughs> or I'm going to buy the version of you that's the limited edition. <laughs> the better one. And I'm Patrick Jebber, the creative director at Monsters Unlimited, who always seems to shoot first. But hey, you do what you got to do, right, Chad? Got to survive in this universe somehow. Somehow, some way. This is your first time checking out the podcast. Our goal on Speaking Human is to simplify complex marketing topics. We toss aside all the buzzwords and mumbo jumbo to focus on how marketing can bring brands and people together. On today's episode, we fire up our lightsabers and attack an onslaught of new marketing efforts from brands ranging from CoverGirl to Kraft, using the much-beloved Galaxy far, far away to create connections with customers. Along with sharing our thoughts on some recent Star Wars marketing efforts, we'll discuss whether it's a good idea for brands to piggyback on cultural tentpoles when everyone else is doing the same thing, too. George Lucas could roll in at any minute and replace us with an annoying kid in Jar Jar Binks. So let's get into it. Look at this, huh, guy? You dead? Yeah. Why do you keep all your toys in boxes? How do you play with them? I don't. <laughs> I collect them. Does Mom know you keep mac and cheese in here? Okay, this isn't for eating. I collect these too. So toys you can't play with and mac and cheese you can't eat? This is a room of lies. Star Wars Kraft Macaroni and Cheese. You know you love it. What you just heard was an audio clip from the new commercial Can't Play from Kraft Macaroni and Cheese. That ad, like a lot of marketing these days, uses the Star Wars universe and excitement over the upcoming new movie The Force Awakens to put viewers in a Darth Vader-like chokehold. So with so many brands jumping on the Star Wars bandwagon lately, is it an effective form of marketing, or have marketers just been lured to the dark side? We'll attempt to answer those questions today by taking a look at a trio of different efforts from big brands. Patrick, why don't you tell the listeners about the pieces we'll be discussing? We're actually looking at three different marketing initiatives in this episode. The first one is Kraft Star Wars Macaroni and Cheese. And this fun little ad features a father and son where the father is a Star Wars memorabilia collector. He has a room devoted to his hobby and a son who is probably 10 years old or so and for some reason just discovering this room. Anyways, the dad even, <laughs> the dad even has some Star Wars collectible Kraft Mac and Cheese. Overall, the piece is pretty short in one spot, which I would say is the better of two spots they run. The son realizes that nothing in the room is meant to be played with, which leads him to calling it a room of lies. The second in the trio is the Target ShareTheForce.com initiative. This one is a huge attempt by Target at interacting with people who love the Star Wars universe. 
They've built a website and online community where fans can upload their memories, experiences, and their general love of Star Wars franchise. Finally, the last in our list of coverage. And I don't mean that like, ugh, finally, or finally they've done it. CoverGirl has launched a line of Star Wars-themed makeup, lipstick, mascara, nail polish, with both light and dark sides. See what they did there, Shad? I do. Very clever. Very clever. And each shade has a themed name and packaging to go along with that. Maybe collectors will want this on their shelves along with their Star Wars-themed macaroni and cheese. I'm not sure. And I think that's a pretty good description of each of those. You know the basics. Listeners want to check those out so you can see them for yourselves. But diving into those three different marketing efforts, Patrick, they're all unique. They all take this Star Wars idea and do something a little different. You know, as a whole, what do you think of them? Which ones do you like? Which ones do you not like? What are your opinions on them? Well, first off, I really like the craft ad. I think it's really clever in that it exploits that strange phenomenon of collecting collectible things. Um, it's collecting collectibles? Yes, collecting collectibles. It's definitely a hard thing for a kid to swallow, right? Having a toy and not being able to play with it. But even though this one focuses on that select group of fans, the collectors, I think the general public can grasp the humor in the memorabilia world of looking but not touching. And the punchline is simple and effective. This is a room of lies gets me every time. I like this one a lot. How about you? Yeah, I thought it was really good, too. One of the key things it does is it kind of hits on that vibe it creates where it turns everyone into a little kid, right? You know, these collectors, you're just you want all this cool Star Wars stuff. You have a whole room full of it. You know where the excitement over Star Wars comes from and why it thrives. We have these people like us who grew up on it who are now, you know, getting into that middle age territory and you're still have that excitement and enthusiasm. And it's funny in a way that this commercial hits on really well. And obviously, you know, you have the product, which it's a good tie in. You know, kids eat macaroni and cheese. Kids will kind of love these macaroni and cheese that are just shaped like these characters. So it works well. You know, it's put together well and it hits those multiple generation points and does a little subtle humor jab at the collectors. And I think all the stuff they use in there is authentic collectible memorabilia, which is pretty cool in itself, you know, got the brand a little inside attention. Yeah, that room looked more like a Star Wars store front than it did a, uh, a room in someone's home. But that's kind of the beauty of it. And so I like that part. And, you know, like you said, it is a nice tie in with they have the collectible craft macaroni and cheese boxes, which seems very strange. But I mean, there's a lot of strange things that people turn into collectibles, right? So, yeah, it's pretty funny. You know, I guarantee there is somebody keeping them, but the idea of somebody just keeping boxes of mac and cheese because they have some sort of Star Wars on them uh, is pretty funny in and of itself. So the spots are good. You know, they're funny. And I can imagine I could see a collector actually like pausing it and just trying to parse out the different things in that room, you know, looking at them on an individual basis and, you know, the message being lost on them. So moving on to the next one, the most epic of these things we'll be talking about, the Target ShareTheForce.com effort to collect fan memories, you know, in this massive online collection. What do you think about that one, Patrick? I'll definitely call this the most ambitious effort out of the three. This is a very beautifully executed marketing initiative, and it's completely online. You know, when I say this is gigantic, I'm not really exaggerating at all. I mean, this website stores people's uploaded memories in, a, in this vast 3D virtual environment. Visitors share their favorite characters or character from the franchise and visit galaxies named after the characters. And then they can upload their memories or photos or whatever experiences. 
exploring these galaxies provides a glimpse into how many others out there are huge fans of Star Wars. So this effort, in my opinion, is epic. It's amazing you go to that site and how they didn't chintz on it at all. You know, they really put it together. It's well thought out, executed and organized. And, you know, just even having the capacity to store all these pictures and videos in and of itself, I mean, it's pretty amazing. Now, the one thing on that is it's kind of unclear how exactly they'll be used. I know Target has all this Star Wars stuff in stores now. The place is just blanketed in it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, not really a total direct tie-in, just more of a cool thing they're doing to get fans involved and, you know, get people in this online community participating. You know, the key here is that, you know, Target's a big brand. This is a way to get residual sales from the effort. They have all of these toys. They have all of these things that people can buy that are Star Wars related. So it's not one particular product. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, their effort is really to building upon that nostalgia, you know, that makes you think, I remember when I had this toy and then you'll go to Target and you'll buy it. Yeah. It's more of an engagement effort than it is a direct product tie-in or anything like that. It's more just getting people involved and then sharing that enthusiasm. And then you walk into a Target store, which have you been into a Target store lately? Probably a month or two. Yeah, well, the amount of Star Wars in there is, I mean, it's everywhere you look. You know, there's yeah. like coffee mugs, you go down aisles for sheets, there's sheets, there's curtains, there's every, everything you could possibly think of. It's like everywhere you turn, Star Wars has gone into that store. They really went full throttle on it. So sharetheforce.com, though, very impressive effort, very well put together website, microsite, definitely worth checking out. Yeah, and then lastly, I didn't think much of the CoverGirl marketing. I mean, it's not that it's bad, but to me, it feels like the most clingy to me, the most obvious reach. Not a real strong tie-in between the brand and the marketing. I think they tried to have fun with what they could. You know, I like the light and dark side shades of the makeup, but, but that one is the weakest probably out of the three for me, for sure. Hmm. Interesting. I probably thought it was the most interesting one because of the stretch. Mm. In a way, you know, that's what made me like it more. They found, I thought, which was a unique and creative way to incorporate it from a brand I also wouldn't expect to incorporate something like that. So those things appealed to my interest, I guess. And that's one of the things, you know, we talk about this different Star Wars marketing and we'll get into that a little more, but one of the things I found most interesting is how brands find a way to tie themselves to it. And so this was an example I thought was just more interesting. I just wouldn't have expected. I wonder, you know, is there a market for this stuff? I don't know. But the way they did it, you know, I thought it was interesting. And I like the light and dark side. It was it worked. You know, for me, I was like surprised. I was like, yeah, this is surprisingly interesting. You know, it's something I would look that catches my eye more than it would otherwise. Whether that's true of women buying makeup or not, I don't know. You know, I can't say that. But. For me, it was a grabber. These are on our list because they're some of the better ones. So I don't want to undersell it. But out of the three, I felt like it was the weakest for me. And I have seen a lot of positive feedback from the cover goal marketing. I mean, people are just in love with these Star Wars shades of nail polish and stuff. So, you know, comparing it to the craft, kids are a key audience for that. And kids are a key audience for Star Wars. So that to me is a little more of an obvious tie-in. CoverGirl I would never expect, so I thought it was kind of a bolder choice. That appeals to me, I guess. You know, doing something bolder and, and pulling it in in a different way than I'm seeing from a lot of the other marketing tie-ins, I guess. There's a lot of ways that you can tie in 
especially with a property or a franchise or a brand like Star Wars, that you can have a lot of fun with it. Yeah, I agree. Which, you know, leads into this next question, which is the bigger question. Looking at the Star Wars marketing as a whole, are we overloaded? Has it gone too far? Are people so oversaturated? Has it been done so many times that it doesn't even make an impact anymore? When it comes to hype, it's easy to see how oversaturation can be looked at as a negative thing. People do get sick of being bombarded with the same type of content all the time. I mean, it can happen. Has Star Wars marketing gone too far? I would say no, actually. I think Disney has been pretty careful with the launch of this movie, and I think there is a lot of product marketing out there, but they haven't overdone it yet. And maybe it's the love people have for this franchise. Maybe it's the plot secrecy and maybe the carefully timed teasing that they've done. And maybe it's a combination of all these reasons, but Star Wars is being strengthened, I feel like, by the support of these marketing efforts of third-party brands. And it hasn't turned out to be a negative thing yet, I don't think. What about you? You know, you look at some things like Star Wars grapes, (laughs) and you're like, come on, you know, what's happening here? This is out of control. But, you know, same thing as you. When I look at it and when I think about how it grabs and engages me, I can't deny that it works. There's this instant connection there that it creates, you know, and and like the movies themselves, just after 40 years, you haven't really gotten sick of talking about it or seeing it. You know, it still drums up excitement. So as much as, you know, I want to say it's oversaturated and it's overdone, it is. It's still working. As we see with these three things we're talking about, there's still a lot of creative things coming from it. Disney has been very smart with how they're licensing it. I talk about walking through Target and seeing all that stuff, and it's just like crazy how much there is of it. That doesn't change the fact that I'm looking at and I'm like, oh, I kind of want that. You know, and that's like the whole lure of it that's kept up for all these years, all these decades. It's still good marketing fodder. I don't know why and I can't explain it, but it works. And when brands do it well, it engages you. There's a lot of Star Wars fans out there and there's a lot of people who are still excited about it and interested in it. Count us in that group. Yeah. And well, you know, what's interesting is. Star Wars is one of the key originators of all these product tie-ins and marketing. You know, when we were little kids growing up, it's the first time I remember of anything going that deep into the culture where you had toys and, you know, T-shirts, Star Wars, anything. I was into it. It seems like where that emerged for one of the first times, obviously from my memory. I wasn't alive in the 50s or 60s. I don't know if that stuff happened then, too. So jumping into light speed and going up even one more level and looking at this, you know, here's the big question. Is it a good idea for brands to tie themselves to these cultural tentpoles with their marketing? When it comes to something like Star Wars, an iconic and timeless piece of our humanity, yeah, our humanity, why say culture when it's really just us as humans? I think it can revitalize a brand and even make it relevant again. You know, there's a lot of brands that you don't even really see too much of, and then all of a sudden you see a Star Wars themed marketing initiative and you're like, wow that's pretty cool. Or I really like that. Or that was creative and, you know, whimsical or whatever it is. And I think, yeah, we can easily pick out the flubs, the overreachers, the Jar Jar Binks of the bandwagon moochers. (laughs) But sometimes that's all those brands have when it comes to marketing. And that's why I say like it often comes back to our philosophy of making your marketing relevant and having a close tie in between the brand and the message. And some brands just obviously aren't very Star Wars friendly, but 
you know, they still, for whatever reason, can make it work. It just depends, you know? Yeah, I agree. The key word you said is humanity there. And, you know, this is an example of speaking human. You know, this is something people are into. This is something almost anyone can relate to. It's got that universal love for it. Full disclosure, when we were originally, we had this topic for the show. And, you know, before I dove too much into it and started looking around at these specific pieces we were talking about, and, you know, what else was out there, I was ready to come in here and blast it and just be like, it's, it's out of control, this Star Wars marketing. Like an old man, get off my lawn. There's too much of it. Brand should never do this again. <laughs> and then I start looking at these things and, you know, realizing how much I enjoy them, how much it works for me. And, you know, I just can't say it's a bad idea when it, it's working. Contrary to everything we know about marketing, which is don't do what everybody else is doing, right? Mm -hmm. This is an example where you can, but you have to make it your own. And like you mentioned, for some of these companies, you know, we're talking about big brands, the things we talked about, but for a smaller company, especially in a space where nobody else is doing this, it could be an interesting way to stand out and, as I said, speak human, you know, connect with people on that more human level than maybe that company typically would do with their marketing. Yeah. I mean, Star Wars themed grapes are good. I was like <laughs> thinking to myself, did Leia feed grapes to Jabba the Hutt when she was no. asleep? There were grapes involved in that scene. I definitely think so. I think um, I remember there being grapes. And, you know, truth be told, if I'm staring at Star Wars grapes or regular grapes, I'm probably grabbing the Star Wars grapes. Yeah. The one downside or dark side, it's very temporary. It's very fleeting. They're not going to be long lasting. You're not going to get that impact like you would with a campaign that's a complete original that can run for a year or two. The Star Wars frenzy is going to die down and anything you did is more or less going to completely disappear from people's minds. Yeah. And the other part of that equation is that going into like the next movie, you know, there's a whole nother trilogy or whatever. This one is going to be the one that stands out among the others because it's been so long in between. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the reasons why this touches people, because everybody's really excited to see if they can bring this back after the last trilogy, you know? So I think there's a lot of that in there, too. Definitely. Good point. This is, if you want to do it, this is your moment. So, you know, wrapping up here today, what can brands learn from all these Star Wars marketing efforts? Your top takeaway here. The top takeaway, Shad, what brands can learn from Star Wars marketing is this. Do or do not. There is no try. So deep. Oh, man. This is the Star Wars-themed episode for us, right? It's actually our third <laughs> Star Wars-themed <laughs> episode. If you're going back through the archive. Let's just okay. pretend like this is the only. No, but this whole episode is about associating your brand with another brand, what I've boiled it down to, right? Mm -hmm. Most of the times, one brand is usually bigger or possibly more relevant either in timeliness or in overall awareness in the other. So deciding to associate your brand with another brand is a big decision. And often it has big consequences. So it, it shouldn't be taken lightly, which goes without saying. And it also shouldn't be done half-ass, which is, that's the takeaway, right? Do or do not. There is no half-ass. You know, if you tie it in well with the message, with the marketing, and with the other brand being Star Wars, it can really help your brand, help lift it. What do you think of that? I think it's pretty good. And, you know, as usual, mine's a separate but similar break off of what you're saying. And mine is, you know, it all comes down to this is all about how creative and clever can you be incorporating your brand into the Star Wars brand? You know, how can you turn yourself into a creative Jedi and do something that's going to be, you know, fun and memorable that people will talk about? 
that won't slip through the cracks amongst the other slew of Star Wars marketing out there. So what can you do to make it more interesting or different, you know, something that people will want to share or will grab their attention rather than just be like, eh, it's another brand jumping on the Star Wars bandwagon. You know, that's the key. You can do this, but you have to infuse it with that extra bit of creative juice more so than you probably would a traditional campaign or something because it just requires it to stand out because there's so much of it being done. Because quite honestly, I probably never would have heard of Star Wars grapes if it hadn't been for you. You know. <laughs> yeah. Let me ask you one final question. This is like my pop quiz question. Yeah, this is pop quiz. What is your prediction for The Force Awakens? Will it be a good movie? Will people love it? Will people hate it? What's going to happen? Go. Here's the thing. J.J. Abrams, everything he touches turns to gold, which is an important part of this, right? It's going to be a good movie. There is one caveat, and that is that there is an awful lot of hype to this movie. And Mm -hmm. I think whenever you have an insane amount of hype, it's really, really hard, no matter what you do, to ever live up to it. I mean, you just, you know, people go in and you don't even know what to expect, but you've already built this movie up to be like, hopefully the best thing that's ever happened to you in your entire life. And then you, and you walk out two hours later and you're like, yeah, that was good. I, you know, it, it never was as good as the thing that you remember from 40 years ago. You know what I mean? So that's the part. Yes, it's going to be a good movie. I really believe that. And I really hope that it lives up to the hype, but it's really going to be difficult, I think, at this point. Yeah, the hype machine. I mean, the hype is at just a fever pitch. You know, this is the movie that's going to bring the franchise back. You know, this is going to reach the levels of the original. That's where people are. And, you know, part of that is due to the fantastic marketing job they've done with this movie, Mm -hmm. where Every trailer and how they've released them and, you know, the information they're letting out, the conversations they're starting online and the quick images they're sharing on social media, you know, have all built it up. And it's been so good against all practical reasoning, against all hype. I've gotten really excited for this movie. And my bold prediction is this might be the best Star Wars movie of all time. Haven't seen it. Don't know. But I'm going out on a limb here and saying this might be better than the originals. I truly hope it is. I really do. I mean, because to me, you know, like this is the thing we grew up on, right? So you want it to be as good as, if not better. I mean, that's what everybody hoped for in the second trilogy was they wanted it to be that for them and for their children, right? Because that's the other thing, you know, when this came out, which is one of the reasons why I haven't showed that second trilogy to my children. They still don't know if it exists. You pretend like there is no second trilogy? No, and I won't show it to them until they're probably 25. I think the longer you can keep that from them, the better their lives will be. Oh, I wholeheartedly believe that. I wish someone would have kept it from me, protected me. Even to this day? Even to this day. I could go without seeing it. Yeah. So, well, there's our predictions. I think I have some reservations that I'm fearful. It's weird. I have those reservations too, but I have this weird excitement that's just propelled past those reservations. So it's going to totally backfire. I know it's going to be garbage. (laughs) Two hours of Jar Jar Banks. Oh God, hope not. I will say this though. I think this is going to be from a box office hit. I think this will definitely surpass every movie that has ever been made, for sure. I think so, too. 
you look at how much movies are making today, like Jurassic World, and I feel like there were a lot of people who were excited about that because it was bringing back the franchise. But this is just on a level that I don't even think Jurassic World would ever even touch. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I mean, it's definitely not outside the realm of possibility that this is your number one movie of all time. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we hope you found this episode helpful and will help your brand jump into hyperdrive. Yeah, we hope this brings out the marketing Wookiee inside of you. And that's it for today's episode. You can find current and past episodes of the podcast at speakinghuman.com. I highly recommend some episodes over others, not unlike the Star Wars franchise. And if you're 35 to 75 years old, you know what I mean. And if you're one of our younger listeners, I do appreciate your youthful vigor. You can also subscribe, rate, and review the Speaking Human podcast in the iTunes store. Email us with your thoughts on the attack of Star Wars marketing. Do you love it? Do you hate it? Eh, are you totally indifferent? Or any questions or comments? Feedback at thinkmonsters.com. That's feedback at thinkmonsters.com. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode of Speaking Human. Catch you then, humans. Speaking Human. Prepare to launch. New from CoverGirl, the Star Wars makeup collection. Six mesmerizing looks. They will be epic. And they will fly fast. The Star Wars makeup collection. Launching September the 4th.